You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Ball Talk of Liberty podcast. This is episode number 319 of the St. John's favorite podcast. Jeremiah Morrill, joined by uh, the guy that restored internet to the entire uh, city of Newcastle today, producer Zach Bircham. Your uh, AV technology skills are, are, are award-winning. Uh, and my forever co-host, Mr. Dakota Davis. Today's episode features the Newcastle City Council at-large candidates who are... Uh, running to represent all of the city of Newcastle. They are Lynn Perdue, Rex Peckinpah, and then to my left, Mr. Ed Hill. We're going to be talking to them, uh, getting to know them a little bit about what their motivations are to run for office. And then like the other city council candidate interviews, we will be talking to them about economic growth, infrastructure in the city of Newcastle, community engagement and transparency, and then at the very end of the show, we will be asking them if they were king of the city for a day, what they would like to do, add, or take away with no repercussions. If they so, don't say Annex Spiceland, I'm going to be very disappointed. <laughs> Make sure you stick around until the very end of the show if you want to hear what that's all about. Uh, this show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you, other times we we'll make you laugh, but hopefully you'll always learn something new. Um, we just did ourselves, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes on, uh, on bugs, uh, and fire in the Patreon. And that's all that you will know about it. Unless you sign up at patreon.com slash boss hog of Liberty. That is where you can go to support the show financially every month. That's how we pay for the bills in the studio. Uh, that's how we pay for the rent of the studio. And it's also where you can go to get your bonus content. So you get about, 15 to 20 minutes of bonus content every single week that our guests participate in. You also get show notes before the show starts, and then you get access to a Facebook group that is for you only. They start out at only $5 a month, very cheap, very affordable, we are, and then they go up to $50 a month, and if you do $50 a month, then you get a shout-out at the front of every episode, and those folks are Miss Christy Avery from all the way in Fort Wayne, Indiana, Mr. Jonathan Phillips, and then Mr. Anthony Meyer. Thank you, especially to those folks. Uh, also do need to give a special thank you to the folks, our corporate sponsors, I suppose, uh, for the uh, candidate series. Uh, it, as always, uh, Wyland's Flowers has, uh, has been involved with the candidate series since the very beginning. Uh, the official florist of the podcast and all of our weddings uh, and Zach's anniversaries. Zach, Zach buys flowers like once a week. He's much more attentive than we are. He's just in trouble. Ah, uh, yeah. It's it's what it's what coaching and podcasting yeah. gets him into. Yeah, whatever. And the land bank. Yeah. Always. It's, I mean, it's my ticket out of doghouse. <laughs> <laughs> and and slick panicle sanitation. We'll uh, we'll bring a dumpster by if things go horribly horribly wrong. Um, all right, let's get to know the candidates that we have here. Um, Dakota has introduced them. We'll start with that. Uh, we'll start with Lynn. Uh, you, you're currently serving on the city council now. I am. I uh, am. Lynn Purdue. So tell us, tell us about yourself, your bio, your background, and whatever, whatever you want to start us off. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm in the uh, 
final year of my, the second term of council. Um, been in Newcastle my entire life. Uh, been self-employed um, since I was 26 years old. I've had several businesses in town, but most noticeably has been the eating and cooling for 40 plus years. Um, I think I've been in probably 50, 60 percent of the homes in Newcastle. Just you know, my job took me there, all over the town. So you were I'm, invited in. You didn't yeah, just no, break, right, right. break yeah. your way into all no, these houses. No, they they called me, so that's a good thing. So no, I'm I feel like I'm I'm in touch with our entire community. Um, I grew up on the on the north side uh, of town, and then um, of course I I live down on the south side now, and um, but. I enjoy so much being a community servant. I love this town. I love this community. Uh, I'm, I've always been involved with, with youth coaching when my kids were younger and so on. And um, I just want to continue to serving. I think we have a lot of good things going on. I really do. And I want to continue to support those programs and initiatives that we've got started. Most noticeably here lately, and I take a lot of, a lot of uh, pride in this, is our Trojan Lane. Um, our council has been very supportive with that project, and I've, um, I've I've raised quite a bit of private money for that. And I just every day I you know I, I get people you know talking about it. And I think it's, that's that's wonderful. Very good, uh, Rex Peckinpah. Same same to you. Who are you? Well, um, I was born and raised in Newcastle. Actually, at one point in my life, I lived not far from the great Jeremiah out there on Messick Road. But uh, I, like I say, I graduated from Newcastle. I went to Purdue, and I came back here, and I was very surprised that they hired me to teach and coach here because I thought, well, they know me. They won't want me here. But uh, anyway, they hired me, and I taught, and I coached here for uh, over 40 years, was pretty successful. And, uh, you know, all my life I've had some involvement in politics. My dad was a county councilman back, um, well, in the 70s, and uh, – my parents instilled in me the the patriotism and the the uh, uh, the desire to serve your community. My mom and my dad were both uh, pretty good Democrats. My mom was actually more diehard than my dad. My my dad he had served in World War II, but he and he felt everybody, no matter who they were, uh, ought to vote. And uh, I still remember one day when my my dad said, "I've got to go over and pick up Mrs. So and So. She needs to go vote." Mom said. You don't want to go over and get her. She won't vote for you. She's a Republican. And my dad's, I know she won't vote for him, but she still deserves to vote. And that's kind of what was instilled in me that we need to, to be about people and about, you know, that type of thing. But I decided, um, a few years before I retired that I wanted to get involved and, and run. And I had thought about running for count, for city council at large, but at the time, Dickie Hahn and Vaughn Reed were, uh, our, at-large counselors, and I felt like they both did a pretty good job. And so I didn't run that particular time. And then the next time uh, Dickie decided he was going to retire from that job, he was that time was working in Kokomo more. And so I ran and was elected for the first time. It's a great joy when I go up to somebody's house. About 50% of the time, if I go up to somebody's house and they answer the door, they're going to say, Mr. Peckinpah. And they're going to be ha- – it's amazing. Most of them are happy to see me because I taught them in school. You know, if I can add one quick thing about Rex being our, our, our 
wrestling coach. I, when I would visit someone and talk to them about their heating and cooling needs, I, a lot of times when they moved to town, I would ask them, well, I brought you to Newcastle. And this one, one family, and I was taken aback, but he says, you're wrestling coach. I said, really? He said, no, we wanted our son to wrestle for Rex Peck and Paul. So, Rex, kudos to you, buddy. I mean, you've been growing our community for a long time. <laughs> well, you know, I think the all three of us have grown up here yeah, and did a yeah. lot here. And, it, it, you know, it's, it's like you said, it's an honor. We love the place. Uh, it's an honor. We love the place. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, we're blessed to be here, too. Yes, we are. Very good. All right, Ed. I, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, my background is in engineering. I've, I've been a public servant since I was graduated high school, actually. Started over at Muncie, uh, come here in 2000. Just tried to help the city with uh, those things, uh, design work and surveying and those things. I, I belong to a lot of community groups. I belong to Main Street and Land Bank with Zach over here and uh, um, Hope Initiative. And I just kind of want to take that and take it to the next level, more or less, just uh, in in the council. What kind of engineering are you into? Civil engineering. Civil engineering. Yeah. Did Very a lot cool. of sewer work over at Muncie. It was the Muncie Sanitary District, so we uh, uh, did all the design work for the sewer system over there. When I come here uh, – when I first started here, I was used for that a lot more than I was in later years. But uh, there were two sewer, uh, storm sewers that I designed here. Uh, I actually, as a volunteer with Jeff Ray, uh, we surveyed uh, the um, phase two of the uh, Wilburite Trail. And I provided the plans for that. I drew the plans up and designed that. Oh, very cool. Have yeah. you been involved in a lot of the trail work? Just with Jeff, uh, that was the the bigger part. Uh, in Riley, or uh, Main Street, Riley. Yeah, Riley's yeah, school. yeah. You did a lot yeah. there. I did the grant, got the grants for Riley School and the uh, Fitzgerald Trail. I didn't I didn't work on any design work with it, either one. But yeah. If somebody can find me a way to get all the way down to Woodbrook, I swear I'll hug you. And I don't. I don't care. I don't care which party you're from. Um, That's why it was originally supposed to go to Woodbury. I know. Yeah, was, that was a disappointment. It was, when it was didn't promised. Take care of that. It was yeah. promised to me. Yeah. Um, that's okay. I'll just I'll just take chances on getting run over by a car. It's fine. Uh, I live on Jeffrey Street, right across from Woodbrook. So that's uh, a that's, yeah. It would have ended there. It's, it's almost walkable. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's. let's just, uh, sorry. Go ahead. Go. As I say, let's just keep going with Ed. Um, and let's talk about economic growth and small business. And I just kind of want to get your guys' feel on the council's role in the economic growth of the city and what your personal opinion is on how you can attract new industries, support small businesses, and things of that nature. Uh, I think we just, the council would have to provide the tools. Uh, I think groups like the EDC and Main Street, uh, they're doing great stuff. They're bringing businesses in. We just have to provide the tools. I know we've worked with I've worked with Rex to try to um, give us a UDO, which is a Unified uh, Development Ordinance. Both of these gentlemen uh, voted for it and funded it. So probably next year we'll have that. That'll be a huge thing because it's going to update our zoning, update our planning, and um, just make it easier for developers to come in and businesses to come in. They'll know it'll be easier for them to know what they need to do. Instead of having to wade through uh, an archaic system, it was the, 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 our 
planning and zoning was from the 70s. Um, and so that's those type of things. It's just provide tools. I think that's the main thing we have to do. And, of course, be cheerleaders. Um, and I think we all do that. So. All right. Rex Peckinpah, tell us, tell us about how you view the role as a city council on economic development and growing. Well, I, I want to add to what Ed said, said about the Unified Development Ordinance. Uh, once that's in place, um, a person thinking about coming here and opening a business will be able to go online and within about three or four minutes find everything they need to find. Right now it's more like probably three or four weeks because they've got to wade through all this stuff that's not very organized. And, and then when they get there, it's not even quite correct. So this is going to be huge. I think um, – you know, Lynn talked about somebody wanting to come here to, so their kid could wrestle for me. Well, I think one of the biggest things we do right now that will help us with economic development is success breeds success. I think we've had uh, some successes in economic development with Boar's Head and TS Tech and Crown. I think that will help us, you know, helps us a lot in terms of other businesses seeing them be successful and thinking maybe Newcastle's a good place. We've got a great economic development director in Corey Murphy. He's working all the time to, to, to give us uh, opportunities with companies. Uh, we also have the opportunity as a, a city council occasionally to uh, offer tax abatements. Um, I know uh, Lynn's on the committee that kind of checks on some of those things. But uh, we just need, like Ed said, to provide an the environment for businesses to come here as our downtown area is getting better and better. You know, every, every week or every month you see something else happening as that gets better. That's going to make us more attractive to businesses because when those people come here, they see life here and they see things going on. They see our parks. Our parks are probably the best they've been in, you know, well, 20 years or more. I mean, when, uh, you know, 12 years ago, our parks were terrible. And now they're pretty nice and there's activity going on there and, and there's life happening there. And I think those things, as much as anything, help us. Now we do, we do a pretty good job of providing infrastructure, um, to the industrial park and to some different places where, um, business, businesses would come into. But, um, I think it's just a team effort and I feel like overall we're pretty good at it. We just got to keep plugging away because the more people, it's like the more people that come in and look at us. I used to have to, you know, I, I might call 20 girls before I would get a date, but I was persistent and I finally got one, you know. So, yeah, occasionally. But, but you know, uh, it's like that. You just got to keep plugging away and, and good things happen. Explain to me how you would call girls. This is new to, to those of us born in, after. Well, see, <laughs> nowadays. Uh, uh, yeah. what, if, what if they answered the phone? It'd be terrifying. And then, or if, well, worse, it was what, if terrifying. Par- what if their parents answered the telephone? Exactly. Well, you know, years ago, um, you had to find a way to get the girl's phone number because nowadays most of them have got it on Facebook. And well, nowadays they call the boys, you know, too. But, but you know, you they, it'd be on Facebook now, but you had to get their phone number and then you had to get your opportunity to use the phone. Then you had to hope that you had, that you and them had the same time available or, you know, and it was, a, it was a little bit of an experience. It's a, challenge, it? it's a, it's a yeah. miracle. Anybody ever got married. What's the most frightening thing too, is you might only have one phone in the house. 
connected well, to a um, wall. Yeah, stretched, in the hallway, stretched across the hall. Yes, yeah. you just had to sit in the hallway yeah. and have a conversation. Yeah. Well, when I was growing up, I lived out there on Messick Road. And now, this was before Jeremiah was even born. But we had a party line. So if you were on that thing and, you know, there might be four or five people listening, listening to you talk to some girl or something. So. OG group chats. You gotta have, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You got to have good game to have Mrs. Smith not try to interrupt. All right. Lynn, tell us. We are way off track. Uh, economic growth, small, uh, small business development. How, how do you view your role as a city councilman? Well, our role as a city councilman. We first of all, we need to support our EDC group. That's what we're there for. We're there for the funding to uh, to back um, anything he wants to try. And what and and a lot, we need to prepare ourselves to be in a position to succeed. We have to do that a lot with uh, matching grant money and different things like that. We have to be a part of that. But you know, really, a lot of time it just it's coming back to basics. You know, people shop us before we ever know they're looking at us. You know, I mean, they come to they come to town. They and they drive our main streets. They drive around our parks. Not only are they thinking about real estate to locate here, they're thinking about the school systems that their that their employees can attend. They're thinking about the parks their employees' kids can play in. It's the basic stuff. Keep our main street clean. Keep our properties up. It's just an image a lot of times that we that we need to keep up to to make it feel welcoming. The livability factor. Absolutely. I, I told you about it. I used to ask a lot of people about why they chose Newcastle. Several years ago, there was a single mom with three kids moved to town. I said, why did you choose Newcastle? She was from Atlanta, Georgia. She said, well, I, I picked Indianapolis first. I couldn't, I couldn't afford it. I came east, got to Greenfield, and had a lot of things going for, for it. I came to Newcastle. She said, I spent three days in Newcastle. And those three days I was here, she said, I went around and looked at all your schools I looked at the churches, um, and he, and she said, the third thing is your real estate. You're giving your, now she, her words, she said, you're giving your real estate away. And she said, that's, that's why I chose Newcastle. So see, they're shopping us. We just don't know it. We just have to prepare ourselves to win. Most people, if we can get them here, we've got a good chance with them. I mean, when I 30 or 27, 28 years ago, I met Bonnie over in Indianapolis and, Somehow I convinced her to marry me, but she was very concerned about moving to Newcastle. And she was over here, maybe it was two or three months after she had been here and somebody was talking to her. And she said, I would never go back to Indianapolis. I love Newcastle. And it's, it's not only about, and we've got a lot going for us. I mean, Lynn, it'll agree. We've got great parks our roads, our roads, you drive here and you go over to Muncie or any, our roads are good. People may complain, but but our roads are good. And they start and, good, but then those water lines pop, and man, <laughs> yeah, we have to patch. We them. do have we've got <laughs> issues, but but if we can get them here, uh, we've got a good chance to sell them because we have a good product. So then, Rex, let's start with you. You were talking a little bit about infrastructures, and that's our next topic here. Um, there are plans to improve the city's infrastructure. What's the what, how do you view the city council's role in in infrastructure and the development of infrastructure, and then also you talked a little bit about, or Lynn talked more about Main Street and keeping it nice. How do we keep improving our Main Streets, but also keep the character of the town as we do that? Well, in terms of infrastructure, one of the big things I have pushed uh, 
since I've been on council is sidewalks and of course trails. Uh, Ed and I and uh, Mike Broyles and some other people are on the bike ped committee and we, um, we basically, a lot of times people get on us because we'll spend uh, money on studies. And we found out most every study you can do for some reason costs $50,000, <laughs> you know, but, but anyway, we did a bike ped plan. People were all on us because we did a bike ped plan. Well, then we leveraged that and we got the money for the, the, the sidewalk out on Riley or on main street. And then we got the money for the Fitzgerald trail, probably million and a half dollars total out of our $50,000 investment. Um, you know, so we're looking all the time for ways to leverage money and get more money from the state. And, you know, that's our money. The state for some reason decides, thinks it's their money, but it's really our money because our people paid, paid the taxes that brought it in, but we got to get as much of it as we can. But we've, uh, every year we dedicate $50,000 of riverboat money to, uh, um, for sidewalks for people that want to put a sidewalk in in front of their house or maybe repair their sidewalk to be able to do that. All they've got to do is apply and use a, uh, uh, recognized contractor. Um, we, uh, we participate. We're just kind of finishing up the stormwater separation that the courts mandated that we do. We'll be paying for that for a number of years still, but, uh, but we as a council, would uh if if we did any other large projects like with water or sewer we would uh probably have to bond those and we would be involved in in voting to bond them or not to bond them so uh we spend a lot of time on that we also like this year we took uh uh half million dollars of AR well yeah half million dollars of ARP money added it to our uh what what our uh mayor york had set aside in the budget American rescue. Yeah. Yeah. And so anyway, we were able to pave more streets this year than ever before because the council was able to participate. We have been, you know, and Lynn's a part of this, but we have been very diligent in trying to spend our money that we have from, uh, American rescue plan and riverboat, uh, in a positive way to get as much bang for our buck as possible. But we're always looking for ways to improve our infrastructure, and some of it forces us to improve it, like when you say a water main breaks right. or something like that. And, Ed, you, as a civil engineer, have I'm, I'm interested yeah, to hear your Not an your engineer, just a technician. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say you're a civil engineer. Okay. <laughs> That's stolen power, tell, Dakota. Yeah, I, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I tell everybody I just play one on TV. So. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, give us your, your thoughts on the city council and how you can uh, imp- impact infrastructure and development in the city. Uh, it, it just comes down to funding. It's, these are engineering studies. Uh, I would assume I, that the council has just presented this stuff. Uh, I started working on the long-term control plan Back when I, I hired in at 2000 from this, from Muncie when I come here. And that was one of the first things we started working on was that stormwater come in 2004. So that's a, that's another big thing that's, uh, they have to do. Um, council, they just have to be supportive. I mean, it's, uh, these are, these are things that have to be done. Like, like Rex said, these are, these were mandated. The one thing that the mayor did was he accelerated it. He got a bond and accelerated the long-term control plan, which saves us money in the long run because we're not spending out over 
20, I, I don't know the numbers. It seemed like it was 20 or 25 years out, uh, and he dropped it down to kind of concentrated it into a 15-year period. And uh, and I thought that was smart. That's a, that's, it, it gets it done. It gets it out of the way. Uh, the only fear is that they say, well, you guys did such a great job. Now, let's, instead of 75% reduction, let's, let's take this up to 90%, and then we have to do it all over again with the study and all that. That's a, that's a fear. So, uh, Ed, you – you talk about the infrastructure side, and one of the things that we've talked about with with the other races that have come through uh, was talking about the State Road 3 corridor and the rehab. Does the city council, do you view any role or interfacing with the state in that project and it, giving input based on, hey, I'm, our, you know, if you're elected, you're going to represent the city going into it? Uh, not really. I mean, it's uh, – I know the mayor's been out there on it. Um uh, Again, when I was working for the for the mayor, working uptown, I can re- I can remember a lot of stuff. I mean, talking about the bike ped mm-hmm. committee, one of the things that they talked about was putting a, the original plan was to put a ten foot trail next to the highway down there, all the way out to Walmart. Um, and I, you know, at first I was a little disappointed it was going to be a sidewalk, but then I find out it's on both sides, and that's like, wow, this is a great deal. You know, I mean, it's uh, it's neat and bad, but we pushed that back then, and. Uh, but that was again. That was from the administration side of it, um, yeah. and I'm not sure other than just voicing an opinion. And yeah, uh, that's can, yeah. can I add something? Sure. sure. Um, yeah, it's quite right on on most of that the a lot of the infrastructure, the initiation for infrastructure comes from the mayor and the director of public works and our engineering firms. Because I don't know, uh, I'm not. I, every once in a while, I do admit that there are smarter people than me, you know, and uh, I'm not adverse at that. And, and I listen to those people uh, as far as uh, State Road 3 there. I mean, I, I, I see the whole plan there. In my mind, there's some drawbacks to it. But when it started back, uh, it was actually supposed to be done about two years ago. I think NDOT didn't really have the money, but one of the things the city council wanted was sidewalks because we see people all the time walking in the road and uh and so uh the mayor dave barker i mean i gotta give them a lot of credit because they went to bat for the city and and now we're going to have sidewalks and so uh let me add real quick yeah, real here. I'm, I'm done with that comment oh, anyway. no i just wanted to say that when you talked about the 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 folks down there walking the mayor first asked for crosswalks and they said well you can't have crosswalks unless you have a sidewalk to give us sidewalks, you know, so it was chicken and egg thing, but yeah. that's where it's all come from. But you know, and, and a lot of it too, technology has moved us to a point where um, I remember when 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 they did Broad Street when we had, and we had to redo all the eighty eight sidewalks on the intersections. Some of those intersections need a GPS app to get through them. <laughs> I mean, now come to find it, you could get lost. Uh, absolutely. Ramps, yeah. Well, come to find out, though, the young engineer that did that never stepped foot in town. Everything was done with aerial, you know, pictures and so on. So, you know, sometimes it just takes boots on the ground to find out what the issues are, and um, and I'm sure, like with on road three. Um, Again, I mean, I bet when some of those pictures were taken, Culver's and the BMV weren't even there. So now we got a real issue with that. But back on infrastructure, touch a little bit about, you know, 
Our infrastructure is old, and Ed hit it on the point. It just, it's, it comes down to funding. That's going to it's a very expensive um, undertaking. But you know, just like our water, we break a lot of water lines. Yeah, we do. Or I mean, it's a massive when they, when they do three, and, and they it's use ridiculous. That and it's I was going. talking to Greg Phipps when he, he said, "Lynn, every time we break one of these, it's if it's twenty five thousand dollars every time we have a water break." Yep. Now that just, I mean, try and try and hold his budget intact. He never knows from one day to the other. And, well, and he, he's, he's the, you're gonna tell him not to fix it. No, he's kind of you know, would have, yeah, yeah. Breaks, <laughs> it. it's not a, it's not a negotiation, right? You know, and. I, Another thing people don't realize sometimes, too, is how far we have to push water in old water lines. I, I've, I've owned a lot of properties in town, and I had a one down on uh, 11th Street. I could not keep fittings on a hot water heater. So I called down the plant. I says, you guys check the water pressure up here on my meter. So they come up. And you know what the water pressure was on that? 86 pounds water pressure. Wow. Greg says, Lynn, he says, there's places we've got 100 pounds of water pressure. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. Old water lines, and they have to have it that high to push it to the east side, right. you know. But our old water lines, it doesn't take movement, much movement in that soil, and they're going to give. So it's a big problem. So to me, I, I, I hear, okay, we need more revenue, need more revenue, need more revenue, and it's, it, it's this chicken and egg thing again. I, I looked up Stats Indiana says that Henry County, not just even the city of Newcastle, but Henry County built 32, had 32 permits for single family homes in the community, in, in the county. I'm sure many of those are in, are in the city of Newcastle. But until you start to grow the tax base and have more right. people come in, you, you know, you're not going to get more tax revenue, right? You, Correct. It, it's got, but you also have to have the water and the sewer infrastructure to say, hey, let's add 500 homes on the north side of town or the south side of town. It, well, I know the mayor is working hard out on the north side to get a developer to yeah. work with some land we've got out there that would bring in several homes that would be in that. Um, you know, the homes out in Northfield Park are maybe a little out of the reach of some people, but these homes would be more in the reach of a an average American couple, maybe. So. Yeah. Any other comments on infrastructure before we move on? We good. All right, I could see that the audience is building. Greg Pips just tuned in, so I, if he doesn't like, something, <laughs> okay, we're going to say something Sorry, good Greg. about him now. <laughs> hey, I do yeah. want to say, you know, Greg Phipps, and and I know Lynn will agree with me, and and Ed, our guys that work in that department, man, they deserve all the kudos and slaps on the back you can give them because they're out Absolutely. at all times of the night and all kinds of weather. Last year, on I think it was I think it was every, Thanksgiving or Christmas, every holiday, every holiday, holiday. Yeah. you know, all of a sudden, you know, the water's not running. There they are. They're working on it to get it back on for everybody, and everybody ought to thank them if they see them. All right. So these are not new questions. These are the same topics we've had. So it's not there's not any hot button stuff that's happening just this week. Uh, but community engagement and transparency. Ed, I want to start with you. Um, once again, your role as a county, a city council member, a prospective city council member, how do you plan to use the office to communicate how you view what's happening on the city council in ways the city can be more open or transparent for the people of the town? Just talking with people, just answering questions. Um, I mean, there's a lot of people have my phone number. Um, I used to like working with the city, I'd, I'd get calls, people come in and 
would sit down and try to figure it out. I'd call who needed to be called and those type of things. So I would just continue that. Um, yeah. We've had some candidates that have come through and said, hey, I'm going to talk to people in my, you know, in the district. You're, do you anticipate when, when ordinances come forward, things happen, that you're going to be polling or ta- handling it like a direct democracy? Or is it, hey, if you elect Ed, these are Ed's core values and this is what you're going to get? Um, well, I'm, I don't know that I'm smart enough to poll. So I, I don't know that I could do that. I could, I could ask the questions. I mean, um, certainly. All right. Lynn, the idea of transparency? You know, and I've and I've heard a couple of guys say, they, you know, go door to door and ask questions. You know, my feeling on that is um, they elected me to represent them in council and make informed, informed decisions. We are informed. The council is. We hear all the pros and the cons uh, of different ways, and uh, and I feel like that you know we've got our city and our our citizens in the, in best interest, and we will make the decisions that we feel you know. And as far as transparency, um, council meetings are open to everyone. We advertise it when the, when when they are uh, the time frames, or we welcome them to come. I wish that the council quarters were full. You know. Every second, third, or first and third Monday of, of the month uh, uh, to stay in tune. But I, d- I don't think going door to door is going to get you really a whole lot. They're also live streamed. Li- exactly. Yeah. Live stream. Yeah. 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 Council President Peck Paul? Well, you know, transparency is a word that comes up every four years, it doesn't come up. Two years into the term, nobody wants to, is worried about being elected to a position. Two years, but when it comes time for an election, all everybody the other side normally starts talking about transparency. But I would say that we have one of the most transparent councils that we've ever had. Um, you know, I know myself. I do not believe if somebody wants to tell me I'm wrong and I, I've let them down. That's fine. I do not believe I have ever not answered email, not answered a phone call, not answered a text, or directly talked to him. Yet, I imagine Lynn is the same way. I imagine Ed will be the same way. Um, you know, I talked to a, a friend, a guy that went to school with uh, Lynn and I the other day, and we were talking, uh, you know, about people. And he said, you know, I don't think anybody living around me even knows who their council person is. And I said, well, they only really know or they're only really concerned who their council person is when there's a problem. And then they'll find out. <laughs> you know. But if, if, if I went out or if Lynn and I went out or if Ed is elected, he goes out and he has a meeting. He says, hey, I'm going to be over here at such and such a place to talk to you about what you want the council to do or what your needs are. You know how many people would show up? Not many. Now that was yeah. that was tried in the past. Yeah, yeah. And it's it, so so transparency is a nice word, but most of the time a person will be transparent and then not transparent because there's some you know some people that are throwing that word around right now honestly aren't very transparent themselves. So, but what do you but, mean? You got to expand on that. If you if you say that part, we got to <laughs> we got to we have to explore the path as to what you're trying to say. Well, we don't do bank know, booking. I mean, I, now you want me to talk for the next hour, don't you? <laughs> but, but you know, I'll give you an I example. I said we don't have time limits, but Dakota I'll give you an does example. The, the Republican mayoral candidate, he said at the, 
uh, at the uh, um, at the forum, the forum for the mayors, and he also said on a, an interview he did on Facebook that he had a picture of he first said a city employee pumping gas from a city-owned gas pump. Okay, then at when he was doing the interview on Facebook, he said, "I've got a picture of an elected official pumping gas from a city-owned gas pump." Well, now you'd say elected official, that narrows it down. There's only 10 of us. Okay, there's a city judge, clerk, treasurer, mayor, and, and the council members. There's a one in 10 chance. It's yeah. you. Right. Well, I'm saying it's not me, and I, I don't think <laughs> it's me. Lynn. You know, but anyway, all I'm saying is, you know, if you're a good American, you're a good citizen, and you got a picture of wrongdoing going on, you should have turned that picture in a long time ago. So that's not very transparent. All right. And I can go on with other things, too, but I, I don't think we've got the time for all that. All right. The mayor candidates will be in here next week. Yeah, that's right. That's a great, great, great yeah, way to preview November bring 2nd. It on. You can hold it up in front of the camera. <clears throat> I'm, I'm saying we got an extra microphone if you want to come help. Oh, I'd be glad to. <laughs> Lynn will. T- yeah. Dakota would like the night off. Um, he can do security. Um, so do you guys have any commentary on the uh, – we've talked about it. It's not really in the notes, but I think we've talked about it throughout the course of the other episodes. So we'd probably be derelict in our duties not to talk about um, my understanding is that there's about an $8 million shortfall in this year's budget regarding uh, health insurance funds. And that's been that's a big part of our conversation last week with the clerk-treasurer candidates. Uh, Lynn, we can start with you. If you want to help explain the status of where things are and, and what voters should know. Well, that $8 million, the first thing people need to know we pay our bills. We, we, we don't have any outstanding bills with insurance premiums or things like that. We basically, the city owes themselves the money because we're self-insured. Um, we, know there's, we know there's a problem, but again, like I said before, the budget is a moving target. I mean, we set a budget every year, but like, for instance, like with the whole water thing, you just don't know what's going to happen. And, and illness, and since we are self-insured, um, we don't know how that's going to run. There might be years that we have zero, you know, catastrophic um, injuries or surgeries or whatever. Um, you know, there'll be good years and there'll be bad years. Um, it's a tough one. I mean, I know we're working with Baker Tilly right now. I've been talking with the mayor um, about a, a way to um, resolve that. It will get resolved eventually, but it's going to take some time. You know, now Rex sets in on the on the uh, uh, finance committee, so he's he's a little more privy to some information, you know, than than what I get. But I'm sure, uh, I feel confident that it's going to get resolved. All right, and and for the others, any any commentary on the budgeting process and the eight million dollars shortfall? Well, first on the budgeting process, the budgeting process is screwed up. Now, not screwed up necessarily because of our clerk treasurer and our mayor, but screwed up just because of the way the state does it. Because the clerk treasurer, by law, the clerk treasurer and the mayor, by law, are responsible for setting the budget. They set the budget, and they have to send it into the Indiana Department of Finance. So they send that in, and we get it back, and we'll get it back. I don't know. We got it in front of us this time, maybe Wednesday or Thursday, before we had to vote on it the first time. And when we did have to, you know, and there were some council people had questions. And so we tabled it. Well, then we had to have two readings, and then we have a special meeting Monday night to get the third reading in. But they do not give you 
as a council, really, very much time to look at that and work on that. Now, I plan next year to try to get us to make, well, if I am reelected, I plan to try to get us to make some changes in our procedure that may give us a couple of weeks more to at least look at it and maybe get our input. But It's an annual budget. Yes, it annual, does. annual budget. So, so we have to vote on it. But we don't that that's another thing. People do not realize we are a third class city. We are different than the county. We are different than a second class city or Indianapolis. And they'll see the county council having budget hearings and bringing all their department heads in front of them and, and getting the lowdown. That doesn't happen in a third class city. A third class city is a what they call a mayor driven model. And so that's why, you know, we do not have nearly the input on the budget. That you guys say yes or no? Yeah, more or less yes yeah. or no. Now we do. You have control. Uh, over we like want the some money in the budget for Main Street, and we've been asking for two or three years, and we finally were able to get that money in the budget. But when it comes down to it, when we vote on the budget, we could, if we wanted to, uh, you know, Lynn could make a motion, I could second it, and we could say we're going to take uh, the fifty thousand dollars on this line out of the budget. The only thing that means is the fifty, the city's fifty thousand dollars less money because you can't take it and put it take it from one place and put it somewhere else it mm. just floats off back to the county or the state now let me talk just a minute about the insurance deficit uh, in the paper yesterday a, a guy that obviously has been listening to uh to mr morgan uh he yesterday or day before but anyway he wrote that we the city is overdrawn in the insurance we are not overdrawn if I am overdrawn at my bank, it means I've written a check and somebody's cashed the check and I don't have money to cover it. Well, we're not overdrawn. All we are is in that one particular account. We have used money out of that account to pay for something somewhere else, and now we've got to fill that up. There, you, there's a uh, Some people use a budgetary process at home where they put money in envelopes. They may have an envelope labeled car payment and one labeled new roof and, and all this. And basically, we went over, we needed the money for something else. Uh, I guess, you know, the mayor felt like we needed the money for something else. And money was more or less moved out of the, the roof fund over here. And so now we don't have very much or no money in our roof fund. So now we got to refill the roof fund. And we are working with... Uh, with Baker Tilly, and uh, we are basically making progress. I believe that deficit really, if I uh, understood right from our clerk treasurer, is actually a little under seven million now. And some yeah, of that has like to, six something. I yeah, saw. and some of that has to do with things we've that Baker Tilly has told us where we were able to to find uh, we had money somewhere else that really was was not making an impact or not really being used that would leave us with a, uh, I don't know, leave us more in the black at the end of the year. We were able to pull that money over in the insurance fund. There are a lot of places that I guess we can do that because they seem to feel like, you know, I know the Republican candidate, I think he said it because he'd like to get, uh, he'd like to win and then serve maybe two terms before he tries to run for the, the house of representatives or Senate, like his hopes are. But anyway, um, uh, but anyway, he says it's going to take maybe 8 to 12 years. Well, I think it's going to take us three or four years. If we've I know it, on last week's ep episode, we had the clerk treasurer candidates on. Mm -hmm. And Ashley Huffman, she works in the clerk's office now. 
mentioned that um, in the next year's budget, the mayor had allocated three million more dollars to go towards that. A little less than seven. So. Right, and and we'll keep we're they'll be we've talked about you know at least three or four prongs in the approach to get this deficit down. It's not just it's not just going to be more budget money or you know uh, increasing the premiums way way up and hurting our employees. It's going to be a little here and a little there and a little here, and hopefully then make a big impact totally. If there are changes made to the insurance, say, hey, you know, going forward, spouses aren't covered or, you know, whatever whatever tools there are, mechanisms that there are to say, hey, if, if a spouse has insurance available, like this happened to me in my private sector job at times, you have to take the insurance from, from work or their, your spouse's job. Is the council have been put on that or is that the executive? The executive mainly decides that in negotiations with the unions. With the unions. So uh, some of that is locked now, in. Now, we would have some... I mean, we can express our opinion, and sometimes our opinion is uh, is valued, uh, like spousal carve-out. I don't know that for us spousal carve-out would really – I'm against it. I don't know that it would really make that much of an impact. I mean, I don't, I don't want to you know impact our employees. It would make a big impact there's, on our employees. There's probably a $50,000 study you could pay yeah. for to find out. So, <laughs> yeah, probably. And, and along, we, got, we pay Baker Tilly to help us figure some of that out. <laughs> and along with that, one of, one of our council's point of emphasis that we really want to address is uh, employee retention. Mm-hmm. I mean, guys, employee retention is a problem. I mean, our, our, our people work hard for the money, and we try and be fair. And part of that insurance that they have, that's part of their, their package, and it's a big right. deal. And, you know, we can't afford uh, to lose employees. or It's too expensive to retrain. Uh, there's not a big pool out there. So a lot of our departments are running one and two and three men short to begin with. So employee retention is huge for us, and that insurance package has a big deal and we voted to increase like our our police fire and ems we voted to increase their longevity pay basically the reason we did it was so we could keep them here in newcastle because once you train a policeman it costs you about thirty thousand dollars to get them on the road and then now they're fair game to anybody else that wants one because they've been to the academy and uh, they can do lateral transfers so we got to work hard to keep employees Ed Hill, we've been we've been talking a lot on the other side of the room and haven't haven't heard from you. Uh, commentary on the budget side? Um, that's something I'm going to have to learn a lot more about. Um, I trust uh, Baker Tilly. I think that they're, they'll give us a good good solutions to this. And I don't think this is a local just Newcastle problem. This no, is a national not. problem. Yeah, it's uh, a- I think anybody that's self insured is having the same issues, no matter where they're at. Um, so, but I think that I think it will work. I'm, uh, I'm encouraged that we're getting that there's going to be three million dollars put toward that next year. Yeah, because that'll that'll do a long. And I agree, the timeline's probably quicker than uh, eight years. So, so Ed, tell us about your if you're elected to the city council, what your main priorities are for the for the office. Right now, it's housing. Um, we talked about increasing the tax base. Um, and I think if if we can bring the neighborhoods up, we uh, a few years ago we did a I actually ran two phases of it, but it was the blight elimination program, and the whole idea was to uh, uh, stabilize neighborhoods, uh, take out the blight, uh, so that the the property values didn't drop too much. 
But I think the next step is to uh, do the sidewalks to to bring that up and try to bring pride to these neighborhoods. Uh, there's a little bit of a disconnect right now, I think, with a lot of a lot of people that are more inner city, uh, and I would like to see that changed. That's uh, that's kind of a passion. Um, with hope, we're working on a transitional housing for women and. Uh, those type of things are important to me. So both both the rehabbing of the city's core, but also new new builds. So getting yeah, but I would like it personally. I would rather have it. And there's not a whole lot of places you can do this, but I would like to see it more in city instead of um, keep pushing it out because that infrastructure trying to push water, you know, push water out. Uh, sewer, bring it in. It's uh, the farther out you go, the tougher it gets. I mean, there's talk. I mean, they were talking back when I hired in about putting in a a, a station, a water station out on. A, um, um, I can't think of the name of the farm. It's out on 38. What, By the old FOP, yeah, yeah. shooting yeah. range, yeah. yeah, yeah. And talking about putting a water. Mary Wyland, I think. Wyland, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they purchased that property to put new wells in. Uh, but it's to extend it out uh, to the, to that area out there. Same with sewer, you know. I mean, there was a, a brief talk. It wasn't very serious, I don't think. But there was talk about uh, having a, a a separate sewage treatment that's out, you know, that's out there. And I, that's those are so expensive, and it's just so expensive to push your infrastructure out. That's why I thought, you know, if, they, if you can concentrate uh, within the city, I think that that would be a good thing. It would be a good thing. When, if I can just kind of add to that, and, and, and Ed, I know exactly what you're talking about. What we have in Newcastle is, is no different from a lot of other um, manufacturing communities. Okay, years and years ago, um, when 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 Chrysler and Maxwell and all of them employed several thousand people. What we have is a lot of five and six room houses inside city limits. Kids today, young families today, when they graduate high school, college and move out, they're not going backwards. I mean, they don't go backwards. They don't want a four or five or six room house inside city limits. They don't want one bathroom. No, exactly. So what we have is there's approximately 9,300 homes inside city limits. And we're about a 40% rental market. So what you have are those four and five and one bedroom, two bath homes that nobody wants. So what we're, what's happening is out of state investors are buying those and that's what's creating a lot of your blight. Oh, absolutely. You know, they absolutely. don't care. We fought that with the yeah, blight elimination. They, so, yeah. you know, we've got to find a way to, to fight that you know, outsourcing of investors like that yeah, I think, because they don't care about our community. Yeah, on and, the land bank, we pushed the county to uh, – uh, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the county is now offering it a, a live auction like they used to do it in yeah. the courthouse. You're trying uh, to get rid of online auctions because the online auctions, people would buy them. Right, And right. sometimes they'd be looking at a picture of the property. Ten years old. Like ten years old. There's a, like a nice house there. Sure. And like – they don't know that it's either one, it's like burned out, or two, the house isn't there, hasn't been there for five or six years. And yet, and it takes, and people get mad about this. And I mentioned this before on the podcast, but they get mad because this house or this property is sitting there and it's, you know, it looks bad or whatever. But there's a process in place that you have to go through to get the property back. And people don't like it when the property looks like that. But if the government came for your house, yeah. you want the process there. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. 
So yeah, so yeah, the land banks is. I know we just got a list from the county commissioners today of a bunch of properties they want to unload on the land bank. So um, we try to make sure people come in and usually and apply. We have to vote, and then we have to look and see what are their actual properties. Like most of them live in town. A lot of them are extending their own property. They live next door, right in a bigger yard. Um, yeah, we look and see how they treat the properties that they do have in town, and so we're trying to fight that out of town. Yeah, that's so you said. Forty percent of the properties in town in, in the city limits are are not owner occupied. Correct. The they're, industrial area they're between A and I and yep fourteenth. That's probably a sixty percent. Oh, I was yeah. I was looking at Beacon and yeah. there's one or two people that own most of the city. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. unbelievable to know you know you yeah. see the same name on property after property. The guy, I think the guy that bought Firestone several years yeah. ago bought yeah. it because he saw a factory yeah. there. And he thought he was getting a factory. <laughs> And bought Firestone, and well, he got yeah. He come he come to town and saw it just in a yeah. in a rubble. Um, he tried to walk away that, from it, but he bought um, the EPA disaster. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's a big challenge. You it know, is. It is how, housing is a big challenge, yeah. but it's one that we we need to find a solution for mm-hmm. and, and move yeah. forward. Yep. Yeah, it, and it it seems like. New builds on those sites aren't happening, right? It's no. the renovation. It's it's the renovation and adapting Hab- to modern living. Habitat's doing quite a few. Yeah, they're doing a lot, a lot of good yeah. work in town, uh, and they generally have to have two adjacent lots because the the thirty two foot wide lots don't work modern. Well, yeah, you know, and yeah. and l- last couple of years I've gotten involved in buying real estate and remodeling. And, and Jeremiah, you mentioned it. I, if I buy a one bedroom home. First thing I'm looking for, where's that second bathroom going? I mean, that is just, you know, two bath, three bedroom is a must to move. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, it can be done, but it's got to take some people interested in, in improving our community, you know, to get that yeah. done. Yeah. That, that, even on the south side of town, right? You've got, you know, if you look at the industrial area, you've got the, the six bedroom, two story home. And on the south side of town, you've got the 50s ranch. It's still yeah. two to three bedrooms. Tiny little one car garage and a and a one car bath. To find the four bedroom, two and a half bathroom house is a unicorn unicorn in the community. Mm-hmm. There's just there's just very few of them to, yeah. to work with. You know, Rex talked about you know the mayor's trying to get some you know infrastructure out to the north. We have to do that because we, that issue of, of our little five room houses in town it's not going away. We've got we, to bring families in to grow our community. We've got to find housing for young families. So Ed's Ed's top and, and affordable housing, so that people can come back. Affordable. Chris Staten, yeah. Yeah. Chris Staten yeah, formerly Chris Guffey, he uh, he moved to Delaware County and won't let it go until he can afford to buy a house back here in Henry County. Uh, so we have to we have to keep that uh, banging that drum for him. Uh, so Ed talked about affordable housing or, or housing in the city's core. Biggest priority for you, Rex, going into the next four years, if you get to stay on the city council. Well, I think uh, number one priority is making sure we get our insurance under control. I mean, I think that's important for a lot of reasons. Uh, you know, the better we're able to control that, the better we're going to be able to compensate our employees. Uh, we'll free up some budgetary money for some other things once we get that under control. I also think we need to uh, work hard on code enforcement. We need to, we do, I shouldn't say we need, I shouldn't make it like, we don't because our building inspector does, but we need to keep uh, keep working hard on that to, to try to get the housing we have to be in as good a condition as possible. I also think we've uh, we need to keep banging away at at sidewalks and uh, 
and make sure we keep, you know, uh, we've got it to the point where our streets are pretty good and we get potholes filled at a reasonable rate in the spring and we've got to keep that up. I think a lot of it is maintaining infrastructure and then we've got to keep uh, the momentum going on the excitement that's building in the downtown area. I'm really excited about the, the two million. I mean, we did a, it was another study, but uh, we caught some heck about it on the internet because we, uh, we approved uh, $50,000, $50,000 for a, a, a main street, a study of main street. Well, that, that's when we approved that study, we put ourselves in the running for $2 million grant that the Lieutenant Governor came over here to the castle the other day and, and said we won. So uh, I'm interested to see what that does for us. But I think there's a lot of momentum going, and we've just got to keep it going. So same same for you, uh, Lynn Purdue. It, the idea of, okay, in the next four years, what's your main goal as a city council person? Oh. Boy. Pick pick one. There's a lot of them, but pick one. And I think the one that that comes to top of mind right now for me is employee retention. We des- our our citizens deserve that to be to feel safe, to to feel like if they're in time of need for emergency services, they're going to be there. Whether it be fire, uh, first aid system, they need to feel confident that those services are going to be there and be there with qualified people. So is there so. Th- there's been discussion, and I don't, I don't think it's come from the folks that are in this race, but uh, I want to make sure that we discuss what, what people are talking about. Is EMS not providing certain services now for the city of Newcastle, like ambulance transports? And is is there it's, any service that was disconnect, discontinued or limited now that wasn't maybe six months ago or a year ago? Go ahead, Rex. Well, EMS has become less of a taxi service. Let's just put it that yeah. way. Because uh, we are we are not doing the transports that we used to do now. Part of the reason for that is is the the money, but part of the reason is there's a nation there's a shortage nationally of EMTs and paramedics, and so again it goes back yeah. to like we was talking reten- uh, retention of employees, but we're having a hard time having enough qualified people to cover all the things we want to cover just simply to deal with emergencies. And right now, um, there are people that, uh, with relatively minor things, that would get an ambulance to come to the hospital, pick them up, and take them home. Uh, You know, I've been in there for uh, two knees, two hips, and a shoulder. I never had an ambulance come and take me home. Somebody always, you know, they... You know, most people should have a member of the community yeah. take, t- taking care yeah, of that yeah. part of transport. But but anyway, so uh, so that's really what we've taken out. We still, if somebody, you know, and I think the opposition. And when I say that, Lynn is Lynn is Lynn. No, he, Lynn is not the opposition in that respect. You know, he's a Republican. I'm a Democrat, but he's not the opposition in that respect. But the opposition wants people to believe that when they pick up the phone and they call 911, there's a chance maybe nobody comes. Well, I was driving down the street the other day, and I heard the sirens, and I looked back, and here's, here's the ambulance, and here's the, the Cherokee or Durango or whatever it is that a paramedic's driving. 
And if need be, we'd have had the guys out of the fire. So if somebody calls 911 in Newcastle, not only Newcastle, Henry County, yeah. I mean, that's the thing people do. You know, we're, we're, we serve, we serve just about anybody in Henry County that needs help. And we do it quite well. Our ambulances, when somebody gets in the back of our ambulance, they are really in a better place than they are when they get to the emergency room. Not because our emergency room isn't great, it is, but they are having direct one-on-one attention from a very trained individual, and the equipment we have in the back of those ambulances is second to none. Tomorrow at 3, there's going to be an announcement uh, down at the EMS building about something very special that's going to happen in Newcastle. It's going to put us, take us, and we're up high in the level of our ability to serve people. It's going to take us to another level. All right. So this is the uh, this is our one really fun question we have because uh, you guys get to decide ordinances, right? As the city council, you are the ordinance kings. Uh, if you were king for a day and you could change one thing in the city, uh, something we've asked everybody, what would you what would you do? What would you change about the city or the way we do things? And we can start with uh, we'll start with Lynn and work our way back around the room. But king for a day, what king do you? For a day. What do you? And money was no option. Mo- yeah, you can. It's a, it's, it's it's a pot of gold. Maybe and- it's the easy the low the low hanging fruit or what you know the that you could just do it right now. You don't need everybody other council person's agreement. You don't have to have the mayor on board. You can just do it. What are we fixing? What are you doing? You know what? Uh, just a chalk some. Check some things off. We have plenty of jobs. I'm not, you know, our economic development is 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 aggressive, solid. But for me, if I had the money, sidewalks and curbs. I'm a walker. I'm a heart patient, so I walk every day all over town. And I'm, some of our sidewalks are absolutely a death trap. I did a study on them. They're I bad. mean, they're bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if nothing more. I, and right, the city won't come in and replace a sidewalk necessarily. It's a partnering thing. Yeah. And you've got if you've got forty percent rental property, whatever, the, those guys are not going to come in and replace no. the sidewalk or do anything about it or maintain it. No, no. So for me, it would be sidewalks and curbs. Yeah. Once again, that making making the community more livable. Uh, yes, yeah. and that that attracts more people wanting to move, more business moving to town. It's just an, it's a perception that hey, we care. This is our community. We're buying into it. We care. All right. Uh, Councilman Peckinpah. Well, I, I uh, first I want to say the only problem with this question is that once you answer this question, then you open up a whole new can of worms because once it gets enforced, it's going to create greater hardship on somebody. But anyway, <laughs> I agree with Lynn. If we, just, if we just had all kinds of money, I would want to see uh, us have better sidewalks Microphone. and curves. Now there we can. Is. If we had all kinds of money, I'd want to see us uh, have better sidewalks and curbs. Um, we have talked about, and it may still get done, but we've talked about passing an ordinance, more or less, that says when a property changes hands, the sidewalk has to be inspected, and if it's not up to code, then it has to be replaced. You know, now if we made them do that, then that person who owns that rental would then fill out the paperwork and come to the city and say, we'd like a, you know, we'd like you to help us with this sidewalk. So they could, you know, it wouldn't cost them the whole, they'd get their $500. Yeah. They get some money out of it, but we could do that. But otherwise it's hard to mandate that because, you know, we couldn't just say everybody's going to fix their sidewalk this year is what I'm saying. But if we had the money as a city, I'd love to just go out and start 
fixing sidewalks and curbs. I think I'd like to mandate some other home improvements and different things like that. But but that would probably be probably be number one. All right, Ed Hill, king for the day. What are you What are you fixing? Uh, I agree with the sidewalks this and is, curbs. This is sidewalk night today. <laughs> yeah. Well, also just to incentivize um, contractors or developers to take care of housing. Uh, if they have to tear down houses to build three bedroom houses, then we would, if we had the money, no object, we could incentivize that and uh, make it worth their while to build that. Thirty-two houses in Henry County last year. If we look next door in Hancock, I know, I know it's Indianapolis, right? And it's growing out there, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we're going to check stats, Indiana. I bet their number. We're, I bet their number is more than thirty. Let's yeah. set a goal for yeah. sixty next year. Let's come yeah. back next year at this time and <laughs> we'll, see if we'll, we'll if check we have in. more. Make it sixty-four, I, and we can say it was a hundred percent increase in, in two thousand nine hundred and one. I was going to say. I was going to say. Is there a comma? Because uh, that nine hundred one single close. family eleven hundred uh, because they had. Um, they actually had 185 plus family, so they had 1,100 new units, but it was probably probably 2,000 new residences built. Yeah, we had we had two more than one. We had two duplexes built last year, and then 32 single family. Hmm. Uh, I I Dakota had to run, so he doesn't have his king for the day. But I will say that if I could fix one thing instantly, I'm going to 14th and Vine, and I'm fixing the riser that's that's missing. Uh, every time I turn right on Divine Street from 14th, uh, coming up, coming up from 103, uh, I, I hit a pothole. It's not a pothole; it's just a drain. City oh, drain the manhole. The, yeah, the manhole. Man there there oh, needs yeah. to be a riser. Now I believe the uh, and I don't know. I don't know how we fix it. Risers came up with the last. The mayor's. Oh, yeah, the mayor talked about that last time. Well, I, I that mean, particular every, every one, time though. I hit one, I've got him on speed dial, either Barker <laughs> or the mayor. What are we doing here? And the, their answer is, well. Uh, that's really the city's responsibility. Mm-hmm. Then I said, let's get the risers in because this is a problem. And I'm going to make a suggestion. If we don't put risers in, let's at least paint them white or orange. <laughs> so you see, them. see them. I'm just going to get a big cone and put it in that one <laughs> so I stop hitting it. I'm, I'm going to do a partial link, a yeah. citizen's partial link they, closure. My, my corner is three. 11th and in Indiana. <laughs> I, I turn off of 11th to go down the hill on, a, on Indiana. Well, and that corner right there. One, too. Yeah. one other thing I'd like to see get done. Is and it's an in-dot thing, I think, more than a city thing. But down at the bottom of Indiana Avenue, I mean, we get some tremendous flooding there. And it was the mayor and uh, Dave Barker both brought it up, but in-dot just doesn't seem to be concerned about it. You know, they're supposed to fix that with the repave, aren't they? Well, they. I, I don't know. That if, was uh, a that Dave was discussed. Will. So I was at the uh, the big Bundy Auditorium meeting where the state announced their plan, and they said uh, it's not in there. Uh, scope right now to fix it the mayor gave his speech and he kind of inferred that he was still hoping it might be in their scope but they didn't admit that it was yet so um, i will say dave and the mayor do keep on those type of things yeah pretty good as a runner and a cross-country coach curbs and sidewalks for days i mean i could tell you a spot there's there's a sidewalk i know i live in near where lynn lives there's a spot where there's just a segment of the sidewalk missing gone it's just not even there and there's it, there's there's just a hole there. Like it literally looks like somebody stole a slab of concrete. So yeah, like I run in the road because the sidewalks in a lot of the town are not suitable to run on. So Zach became the cross country coach this year. So I started paying attention to the cross country team, and I'll drive down Main Street, 
and I will see they those run on kids. the sidewalk. They're nuts. I, I will see those kids running and crossing intersections, and I just think, oh my god, oh my god. But, they cross Monday and Bundy and Maine, and I think this is there's there's got to be a crossing guard. It's insanity what the what the cross country kids do. They're all animals. No kids were hit this year. <laughs> <laughs> it's another successful season. All right, so this is where we get into final thoughts. Where we uh, we talk to everybody. We say, hey, are you raising money? Are you going door to door? Is there anything we forgot or priorities you guys have that you wanna you wanna bring up? Uh, we go in a uh, counterclockwise manner. So we're gonna start with Rex Peck and Paul and work our way around the room and. Uh, this is this is your your closing statement, so to speak, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I've never been very good at raising money, except when I've got a bunch of kids and I'm trying to get money for them to go to camp or something like I did back when I was wrestling coach. So I'm not much on raising money. Uh, I've been doing a little door to door, certainly placing signs. I'm sure you've seen one or two of them out there in the street. Um, and just talking to people. I used to go door-to-door a lot, but what I found was, and you've experienced it tonight, I would get in their house, and we'd sit down, and we'd start talking about their kids and Aunt Joe and all this stuff, and before it was done, I might get to two or three houses in three hours, and it was over. So I I don't do as much of that, but uh, I enjoy talking to people, and I'm, you know, anybody can stop and talk to me anytime, and I'll answer any question anybody's got, and I know the other guys are that way, but I've talked way too much tonight, so I'll just let you go. All right. Uh, Lynn Purdue, final final thoughts? Anything we've left out or we need to clean up or left undone? No. I think a lot of good things were covered tonight. Um, a lot of got a good input, and I look forward to a good, clean, fair election. All right. Zach Burcham, you've been uh, – This is you're always, you always shine in this segment. Oh, man. I don't know. There's one thing. Well, I could rant again. I went on a rant last week. Um, but one thing I will say, when you see stuff on Facebook and about – Oh, it's about city, Baker Park. You were, I went you, on a rant about last week about Baker yeah. Park because some of the opponents have been painting Baker Park as an unsafe place to be that they can't take their children to. And I spend a lot of time at Baker Park, and the only gang I've run into is the, the disc golf gang because if people – the most, I think, under – like predicted in terms of how busy it is. Like I think people knew when the skate park was built, the skate park was going to be huge. The disc golf course at Baker, the rock is incredibly busy. And like I said, the park's really busy. It's so busy with nice citizens who are enjoying the brand new playground, the disc golf course, the skate park, the pool, all the other stuff that some other people act like we don't have out there. Um, I don't know who's causing who can cause that much trouble because there's too many law-abiding citizens having a great time. But the other thing I was going to say is uh, when you see stuff on Facebook, don't assume the worst because for all the people that are in Newcastle, trash schedule is normal through the month of November. And they posted that, and they got attacked because they're doing trash on Thanksgiving. And they're like, oh, they're making these people work on Thanksgiving. And I was like, yeah, because they want to because then they get Friday off. And they don't have to go. They can. And, and I had the fortune of Mr. Walker was my bus driver for the last two weeks for cross country. We got caught up on all kinds of fun stuff. But he's like, yeah, they're off by 10. And they have Friday off, and they choose to do it. So, like, people just assume that, like, the, the city's a slave driver's. Then they can go do stuff. Up, they can go pick up a shift at the Walmart on Thursday night. And, or, do, and, or do whatever. <laughs> yeah, and, who wants, yeah I mean, they probably for could, Black Friday. Yeah, work security for Black Friday. <laughs> but, but, yeah, so just, yeah, don't assume the worst. But, yeah, still, by the way, Baker Park, still pretty safe. <laughs> Another week of not hearing about anything happening at Baker Park. So, yeah, I did go on a rant about that last week. And somebody tried to call me out. So, Mark Sean Orr. 
Try it again, buddy. But I haven't heard about any issues. I need I need some demonstrated proof of these gangs at Baker Park. Apparently, the once one situation I've been made aware of and I heard about was that there was somebody who brandished a firearm from out of town, and the local kids were like, and called the cops, and the cops came and dealt with it. And it sounds like, oh, that's the way it works. You can't control every you can't control every single person. That's how you get weird rules like you can't bring ash trees. Now we have no ash trees left, but we still got weird rules. You can't just freak out over every little thing that happens. So Ed Hill, it's been our pleasure to get to know you. Thank you. This has been fun. It's been fun. Like like you, I'm an engineering brain. I I work in the road construction industry, so when they bash in dot it triggers me, but I, I suffer through it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I've, I've had to defend a, a, an engineer or two on, in my time. <laughs> I'm also not an engineer, but I've been I've done I've done my fair share of drawing stuff. Uh, but I don't have the I, I have a business degree. I do not have an engineering degree. Dakota said you were an engineer, and I said no, that's stolen valor. I don't want a PE stamp <laughs> no. to save my no. life. Um, so, is there anything we left out? Uh, things, the priorities for you that we didn't get to, or things we've left undone? No, no, not really. Uh, I'm very proud of this town. I'm proud of where it's where it's headed. I want to be a part of it. Uh, I am outside of government now, but uh, I do a lot of things in the community. And um, yeah, I just want to. I just want to see. I want to see things move forward. Uh, I agree with Zach. The the golf man. I never saw that coming, but it is unbelievable how uh, that's out there. It makes me want there, to try. There are it. like. In a given day, if it's nice, I know there's one day that a bunch of them get together, but on a, at any given time, there's like eight to ten people playing. Now, now hear me a out. Nice afternoon. If we start charging them ten dollars a piece to play yeah, a round of yeah. disc golf, we'll be out of insurance debt by the end of the year. We need to check those uh, frisbees for ash, ash yeah. boards. Yeah, yeah. Board, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Then we maybe gotta, they have to. Maybe they have to have Newcastle approved uh, yeah, disc. You got to have a Newcastle golf uh, golf just, uh, disc golf sticker just uh, add, to be able to, yeah. to get your season add pass. Stick, some from the Pointer Brothers shop, just make them book good right everything. Pointer Brothers, but yeah. Um, all right. So uh, from my side, I will remind everybody: this is this the at large race is very different. Um, we have two, three people running for two spots. Uh, if you go in and you vote straight ticket, you will not have voted for any of these individuals in the at large race. Uh, straight ticket does absolutely nothing. You have to pick them by name. Uh, so if you go in and you say, Hey, I want to vote for all the Republicans. It will not cast a vote in this race at all. If you say, I want to vote for all the Democrats, not going to vote for anybody at all. Uh, you manually have to go in and select uh, the one or two candidates that you want to cast a vote for. Uh, you can undervote it. If you just want to vote for one, you can. If you want to vote for two, you can do that. Uh, unfortunately, you can't vote for all three, so you're going to have to pick. Uh, but that's that's the uh, the uniqueness of, a, of an at-large race. Um, with that, we say thank you guys so much for being here. It's uh, We appreciate Enjoy. you being a part of the, thank you. the uh, candidate series. Uh, Wyland's Flowers and Slick Pickle Sanitation, y'all are awesome to uh, to help us make this happen. Uh, and the extra effort that goes into uh, to this, I'm so excited. The series is almost over. One episode left. Uh, the scheduling of this is my personal nightmare. Uh, it's, I'm I'm so happy there've been a lot of events, but every every other community organization said, "Hey, you know what we want to do? Thursdays. Thursday nights." And I went, "Oh my god." Everybody's scheduling stuff uh, on Thursdays, so getting everybody to, to move their schedules around and to get, get through the door. Uh, I think we have all but one uh, elected official has been able to come through. Uh, next week, November 2nd, will be the final one of the series, and uh, we are expecting uh, both Mayor Greg York and uh, Republican candidate, uh, former uh, county councilman uh, Clay Morgan, to be here. 
that will wrap it up. We say thank you all so much, and we will catch you next Thursday night.